When I turned the corner, I saw Leonard Ross going into Meyerson's office ahead of me. By the time I reached the door, I heard Ross say, Where's Charlie? Late as usual, shut the door. Late as usual. As far as I could remember, and I have phenomenal recall, there had been only one time when I had been late arriving in Meyerson's office, and that had been the result of a bomb scare that had grounded everything for three hours at Tempelhof. His acidulous remark had been a cheap shot, but then that was Meyerson. Ross was shutting the door in my face when I pushed in past him and kicked it closed. Ross said, Hello, Mr. Dark. Meyerson only glanced up from his desk. Then he went on pretending to read something in a manila file folder. I said, Welcome back, Charlie, in an effort to prompt him, but he ignored it, and I decided to play his silly game, so I dropped my raincoat across a chair and squeezed into one of the tubular steel armchairs and perused the photos on the wall waiting him out. The room was stale with Meyerson's illegal Havana smoke. It was a room that obviously was unnerving to youngsters like Leonard Ross, because among Meyerson's varied and indeterminate functions was that of Hatchet Man. Any audience with him might turn out to be one's last, fall into disfavor with him, and one could have a can tied to one's tail at any time, civil service or no civil service and as junior staff, Ross had no illusions about his right to tenure. I had none myself. I was there solely at Meyerson's sufferance, but that was something else. He could fire me any time he chose to, but he was never going to choose to because he needed me too much, and he knew it. His rudeness meant nothing. That was what passed for amiability with Meyerson. I gave Ross a glance and switched it meaningfully toward a chair, and finally Ross sat down, perching uneasily on the edge of it. The view from Meyerson's window isn't terribly impressive. An enormous parking lot, and beyond it, a hedgerow of half-wilted trees. Here and there you can see the tops of the high-rises around Langley. Finally, he closed the file and looked at me. You're late. Would you care for a note from my mother explaining my tardiness? Your sarcasms seldom amuse me then don't provoke them. You are, he said, preposterously fat, and you are a master of the non-sequitur. You disgust me, do you know that? He turned to young Ross. He disgusts me. Doesn't he disgust you? Ross made embarrassed gestures, and I said, don't put the kid on the spot. What's on? Meyerson wasn't in a particularly savage mood, obviously, because he gave up trying to goad me with no more prompting than that. He tapped the manila folder with a fingertip. We've got a signal from Arbuckle. Where's Arbuckle? East Africa. You really ought to try to keep up on the postings in your own department. Ross explained to me. Arbuckle's in Dar es Salaam. Thank you. Ross's impatience burst its confines and he turned to Meyerson. What's the flap then? Meyerson made a face. It distresses me, Ross, that you're the only drone in this department who doesn't realize that words like flap became obsolete sometime before you were born. I said, if you're through amusing yourself, maybe you could answer the young man's question. Meyerson squinted at me. After a moment, he decided not to be affronted. As you may know, affairs in Tanzania remain sensitive, especially since the Uganda affair. 
The balance is precarious, a sort of three-sided teeter-totter, ourselves, the Soviets, and the Chinese. It would require only a slight upheaval to tip the bow. Can you spare us the tiresome diplomatic summaries and get down to it? Meyerson coolly opened the file, selected a photograph, and held it up on display. Recognize the woman? To Ross, I supposed it was only a badly focused black and white of a thin woman with attractive and vaguely oriental features, age indeterminate. But I knew her well enough. Marie Lapotre. Indeed. Ross leaned forward for a closer look. I imagine it may have been the first time he'd ever seen a likeness of the dragon lady whose reputation in our world was something like that of John Wesley Harden in the days of the gunslingers.